Professor John Hawkes, who is uh, the expedition leader and core scientist at Wirtz University and uh, Wisconsin University. Professor Hawkes, good afternoon to you. Thanks so much for having me on. Interesting times indeed here in South Africa and for the continent as well. The 21-day experience turned out to be something quite interesting because you went in there hoping to discover just one fossil, but you discover multiple fossils, Just and this is the biggest on the continent. Just talk, us, uh, talk to us about that very moment when you discovered multiple fossils. You know, I remember when the bones came out of the cave. It was the second day that we were in the cave, and and bones came out, and we had not, from photographs, identified multiple pieces that that represented the same element, the same bone, like like the same thigh bone, and and so we really suspected that this was going to be one skeleton. Mm. On the second day, we had three thigh bones come up, three right thigh bones, and we knew, oh, this is many individuals here. And, of course, from that point on, it just grew and grew. Um, We now have at least 15 individuals represented, and we have dug only a very small amount of the sediment within the cave. Um, We expect that there will be thousands of additional remains inside. Just a question coming from one of our listeners here, Jeffrey Mashaza, saying that, uh, but what about other areas which were not searched? There could be more. Did you get a sense that there could be more, even where you you were searching? Yes, the exploration team that is now working full-time looking through caves to find new evidence of fossils that had not been found before has already identified several fossil sites. Um, it is really a case where the cave exploration had never been done systematically before in the cave. Uh, many famous fossil sites are here, but, but most of the fossils do not come from deep underground. Um, we may be assumed that they would not be there. And so when these fossils were found, we began looking deeper into caves, and we are finding new discoveries already. And, and really the significance of uh, this uh, discovery in, in the history of uh, humankind, what is it? Well, one thing it is, is a species that is very primitive within our genus. It represents the transition from Australopithecus, like Australopithecus sediba or Australopithecus africanus, the famous Tong child. That's the early phase of our evolution, and some of those creatures moved in a human-like direction and became what we call homo, with larger brains, with more human-like hands that made and used stone tools, with a more human-like body size and, and a way of walking. And so Homo naledi is just on the border between those early hominids and and things that we have widely recognized as homo. And then for science, really, what is the meaning of this, and how are you going to take it forward? Well, we now know that there are potentially more species out there for us to discover. Africa has been explored now for for nearly 100 years for fossil hominids, but it's clear that we haven't been looking in all the right places. And so as we discover more things, we're going to build a better picture of how our species originated. We now know from discoveries like Sediba and now from Homo naledi that there were many different ways of becoming human-like, and these species were evolving within ancient environments that may no longer exist. So they're giving us different pictures of the way that our evolution may have happened. We don't know what the true pathway was of our evolution, and so it's finding new things like this that allow us to figure out what our ancestors really looked like. And, and how old are these fossils? We don't know the age of the fossils. We don't know when they got into the Dinaledi chamber. Um, it's, it's clearly a very puzzling deposit in many ways. 
in many sites within the cradle, we find hominin bone encased in a hard rock called breccia. It's highly mineralized. It's very hard and, and rock-like. And we find it along with other animal bones. In the Dinaletti chamber, we have no other animal bones in the chamber. The hominins are there alone by themselves. They are highly articulated within the deposit. They got in their whole, as whole bodies. But they're in a soft sediment. They, they're in a, a kind of a clay that we dig through with paintbrushes. Um, it is not like the hard rock that we see at other fossil sites here. That means that it's very difficult for us to figure out how long the fossils have been in the ground there because we don't have extinct animals with them that would tell us around the right time that those animals had lived, and we don't have the usual methods of dating available to us that depend on flowstones that are forming in the calcified deposit. So we're working very hard to determine the age of the fossils, but we don't know it yet. I'm fascinated just listening to this. And what is unique about these fossils, really, maybe compared to uh, the, those that were dis- discovered many years ago? And what is their relationship to the human species uh, as we, we know it today? When you would look at a homo naledi from a distance, it would stand about 140 centimeters, and it would stand in a human-like way. But as you look closer, you see that it's not human-like in many important ways. The feet are human-like. The legs are human-like. The way that it walks is very human-like. But the hips are not. The ribcage is not. The shoulders are hunched upwards and look like they'd be well-made for climbing. The hands of Homo naledi are more like human hands than any other creature we've found, except for Neanderthals in our origins. But they have very curved fingers, and they're very powerful. They look like they would have been well-suited for climbing, maybe climbing rocks as we found them inside the cave. Their brains were about a third the size of our brains and Australopithecus-like in size. Their brains that are the size of Australopithecus sediba, Australopithecus africanus. Their brains were not advanced. Their teeth were advanced. Their feet were advanced. And so it shows us that at this stage in our evolution, maybe at the origin of our genus, the first creatures that we call Homo, they were adapting to their environment by walking like humans, by manipulating objects like we do, by eating higher quality foods as we do, but had not yet taken that step in the brain that would make them ultimately into the humans that we recognize now. I'm reading here some interesting facts about uh, Homo naledi that uh, it had a tiny brain about the size of an orange and, uh, of course, uh, a slender body, which is why perhaps uh, it was able to, to, to fit into the cave where, where they were found because they, the caves are apparently too narrow for the average human being to enter comfortably. Yes, it, it looks like. Our geologists have done a lot of work in the cave to determine if the cave in the past was like it is today. And what they found is that the entrance to this chamber, the one that's very difficult for our team to get into, the entrance seems to have been around the same at the time that Homo Valetti entered the chamber. Okay. So you are always looking at a very difficult place to access. For us, that helps to explain why there were no animals in the cave other than the hominids, because this was inaccessible to animals. It was a place that only the hominids could reach. Very briefly, Prof. Here we're asking our listeners this afternoon if they regard Homo naledi as uh, uh, one of their new ancestors. Do you believe this is our ancestors? We, I always tell people that we're not really looking for ancestors because what are the chances <laughs> that we find just the right one? But what we do find is relatives, and by figuring out their relationship to us, we can 
make hypotheses about what the ancestors were like. Homo naledi is close to the ancestors that were the first creatures to set along a human path. And that is so significant to us. Okay. But what we don't know is whether they could have survived a lot longer and be distant cousins instead of ancestors. Okay, we got you. Thank you very much. Professor John Hawkes is the expedition leader and core scientist at Wits and Wisconsin Universities. It's at 23 minutes past Four, we go to the roads right now as we talk to Rob Byrne. Rob Byrne, tell us more about police confirming that two people uh, suspected to have gunned down uh, two police officers in Dobsonville, Soweto yesterday, have been shot and killed on the N3 near Heidelberg in Gauteng. And how does that then uh, disrupt the roads this afternoon? Yeah, that's our in- Traffic on SAFM, your trusted guide to the road ahead. Yeah, that's our information, uh, Bongi, that uh, police have caught up with these perpetrators.